0: The morning show. Yeah. The home team. No, it's both. It's the crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Bray.
1: Crossover. Step back.
0: Ah! Step back the right here on 960theref.com. What's up everybody, Sam Franco and Chris Brain back with a Thanksgiving week edition of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960theref.com. Plenty to get to on today's show. We're going to start off with some clean, old-fashioned hate as once again, it is Rivalry Week. The Dogs will be taking on Tech, the Enemy, the North Avenue Trade School, whatever you want to call it. That's coming up on Saturday. Uh, We'll also talk about the Falcons and just a complete disaster of two weeks going into that Browns game. I think we all thought, Hey, if they win this game, beat the Cowboys, you know, they got a chance against the saints. They may have a chance to make the playoffs here. doesn't really feel like that anymore. So we'll get to them coming up here in just a little bit, but first and foremost, it's that time of the year again. Like I just mentioned, it is Georgia and Georgia tech, a huge rivalry game, no matter uh, who comes in from other parts of the country and is covering Georgia. Now who thinks that that game is dumb and you shouldn't play it anymore. I still think that, again, look, some people are upset about the option and that it messes up Georgia's schedule. Bottom line is this rivalry was around long before Tech was running the option. It's going to be around long after.
1: Yeah, in fact, I you know, I guess Paul Johnson, he's had a good enough year. He's not going anywhere. My prediction at the beginning of the season was that basically this would be his last game. He'd come to Athens. We'd kill him. They were having a bad season, maybe not make a bowl game again. And he'd be done. And it was trending that way. They lost that game to South Florida. They lost that game at Pitt. Although as the season has gone on, Pitt is in the ACC title game. Maybe that doesn't seem like such a bad loss. But this Tech team is peaking right now. But so is this Georgia team. That is correct.
0: And uh, part of the peaking for Georgia football is DeAndre Swift getting back and healthy. You know, he's been battling that groin injury all season. We found out that sometime in April he had, like, surgery on it. So, finally back to looking his best. And against UMass, the guy barely played, but when he did play, he had a few cuts and and doing what he's been doing the past few weeks, making guys look foolish. So, I totally agree with you. Georgia hitting their stride at the right time. And I think the main thing you have to look at with this tech team is how many points they've allowed. I mean, Georgia's offense is going to be able to have a field day with this defense.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at comparable defenses that Georgia's played this season, I mean, the dogs have moved the ball and scored a bunch of points. So, yeah, I think Tech's going to have a hard time stopping Georgia. It's going to come down to how much is Georgia going to be able to stop and slow down Tech's offense. And, you know, maybe needing a timely turnover, takeaway, something like that because uh, Tech's offense is prone to put it on the ground, and Georgia's got to be ready to pounce if it does. Yeah,
0: and Tech kind of comes at you with a little bit of a different vibe this year because they've got two quarterbacks, Marshall and Oliver. You know, Marshall kind of more of the, the elder statesman, the guy that's been there for a while, the guy that's going to be less prone to make a mistake but also less prone to have the big play, whereas Oliver – not a great thrower of the football, but when he's in there, that option looks like it hums a little more.
1: Sure. What was was it? The Virginia Tech game they won and had. Did they throw one pass in that game, or even just complete one pass? I think that was although right. it was for a touchdown. The one pass they completed, and uh, you know that has been something you've always had to be on guard with with Tech's offense. They don't throw it a lot. It's not what they want to do, but when they do throw it, it's usually some big explosive play that they're able to uh, to hit on you. But um, You know, I got to. You know, Georgia's like the much better team, and you know it's. You know, you look at this game now, and and suddenly, yes, Tech is playing better than it was a couple of months ago. But again, I think we have to consider that so is Georgia. So, if we were thinking like in October, was Tech going to come here and win? We would have said no. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why. There's not really any reason for us to change our minds now.
0: There's a reason Vegas opened this line at 17 points.
1: Yeah, and I think that's about a touchdown too low. If you look a lot like at a lot of power rankings and uh, do the math on it, this game should be around like maybe between three touchdowns and twenty-four points.
0: That's what I think. A rivalry game is usually good for about a touchdown difference in what the line would normally be if that rivalry factor wasn't in there.
1: Sure, but you also have to consider. I mean, this game is in Sanford Stadium. Granted, they've won two in a row in Athens, but that's another angle that I has me really liking Georgia's. I just. I don't think Kirby's gonna be thinking, you know, he's gonna let them walk in here and win a third straight game, even though he's only responsible for one of those two losses. Kirby would have a losing record against Tech if they lost the game. I know. Isn't it weird? Yeah. Like, I mean, if if Tech were to win Saturday, we'd be in a position where Georgia's heading to the SEC title game to play Alabama. You know, in the SEC title game for the second straight year, coming off one of the greatest seasons in the, in the history of the school. But yeah, I mean, Kirby would be one and two against Tech. So, I mean, that, that's the thing you have to like ask yourself. With everything George has accomplished now in the last two seasons, is and everything Kirby's done in recruiting. Is he going to have a losing record to Tech?
0: Yeah, it feels like there's no way in hell that's going to happen. <laughs> exactly.
1: So when you say that out loud, it's like, well, yeah, of course George is going to win Saturday. What are we, you know, why are we sweating? And like, not to say that we are. I know one person who's sweating. I I see him every afternoon. From I was going to say, seven. yeah,
0: I think you're a co-host on the home team who perennially. And daily sweats this game. I'm talking 24-7, 365. Maybe not 24 seven, but definitely the 365. The thought of text triple option crosses Jeff's head. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I've tried to like tell him, like sweating it like that just gives them more credit than they deserve. Of course, but he doesn't listen. No, he he doesn't have it. He don't want to hear any of it because it's like, yeah, I mean, we they have won their last two trips to Athens, so it's you know there is like it is real when they win and it ain't. It ain't good. But one thing I did discover this week is there is a portion of,
0: of this Georgia fan base that would be totally fine with this game going away. I'm not one of them. I mean, I love this rivalry. It's like uh, just being scared of Georgia Tech because they run the option. It's like, well, here's the thing. Again, I said this before, I'll say it again. The rivalry was around long before the triple option was a thing at Tech, and it'll be around
1: long after. What are we going to play in its place? What are the – who wants to see it go well, away? Like, what, are they, what do we replace it with? Well, are we going to replace know, it with a good game, or are we going to play like firm?
0: Well, I think that's what you would ideally have, It is replace it with a good game. But my whole thing is, it's like, okay, so it's a non-conference rivalry game. So to help scheduling out, does that mean Florida shouldn't play Florida State anymore? Does that mean South Carolina and Clemson shouldn't play anymore? You, you know, we've seen Texas and Texas A&M stop playing,
1: and that's bad for college football. Well, I know, like, part of the case, I guess, would be – It's more of a negative for us if we lose the game than it is a positive if we win it. But that's the thing:
0: if you stop playing it because of that, then you're giving Tech fans all the ammunition they're ever going to need. I know. Oh,
1: you're scared to play us? Oh, I know. We don't (laughs) need to be the ones that bail on the series. No, absolutely not. And I know. I mean, one one (laughs) angle there too that I mean, you know, a lot of old school Georgia fans, like the one we know quite well, want to see is we need to win 8 in a row against them which <laughs> is their right. longest winning streak yeah. and maybe maybe after that then you consider canceling the series or would you be open to I mean I'm I'm more with you I'm like I I it's tech why why would we not play them that's but, what i'm saying
0: you should not be afraid to play them and the game should always be played those are my stances on this
1: what game. if we alternated where we played like tech and then clemson and just bounced back and forth with them cuz i also feel like we should play clemson more than we do
0: oh i think we should play them more than we do but still that's the in-state rival i mean the game has been played forever it is one of the older rivalries in college football not as old as Georgia auburn but it is still one of the oldest rivalries in college football and not playing it seems like it would be way more of a of a mistake than uh you know playing it every other year or playing or, or like you said just wiping it off the schedule at all that again is tech on georgia's level no does losing the game hurt you a lot worse than winning the game helps you absolutely but it's college football. It, it, that's the thing. Tech used to be, when when, the, when these games were being played originally, Tech was a perennial national title contender. I mean, we're going back to the 20s and 30s. Sure, yeah. That. But, I mean, things have changed, but the hatred in this rivalry, and it's not just the hatred. This is why this week is so awesome. Because I'm going to go back to Atlanta to my Thanksgiving table on Thursday. Brain, you're going to be with your family. Uh, everybody listening to us, or at least the majority, will have some sort of gathering for Thanksgiving, and there will be people there that are Tech fans if you're from this state. This is how it goes. And not, it, not at my Thanksgiving. Well in, in, in my in my household you have tech fans? Oh my grandfather went to tech. Oh. My mom was a, a, a big tech fan because of my grandfather until she came here to play basketball for a year uh, and then that's how kind of things kind of switched the other way. but still I mean there is a uh, you know there, there's that sort of incestuous nature to this rivalry because we all have people. My dad actually when he first got to the United States, he went to Georgia Tech for a year to learn English.
1: Well, I know people <laughs> that I've met people. I don't know them, but I've met people that have gone to Tech. But okay, they that it's it's a good school to to get of done course, what they want to get done. Absolutely. But like they're still Georgia fans.
0: Oh no, I've though <laughs> I know a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do know a buddy of mine who graduated for me, uh, graduated with me from the Grady College. Huge Tech fan. It's like the only reason he came to Georgia was to get the journalism degree, I guess. Wow. Okay. Because, and I, it was just, well. It was that's very, the
1: opposite of what. Yeah. It's
0: very bizarre. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're just
1: you're going to Grady and you're a Tech fan. Yeah, it was a. a th- those are the anomalies. Well, but yeah, because I don't. If you don't go to Tech, I don't really don't understand why you would be a Tech fan.
0: Unless you had like a parent or or a sibling or somebody that went there, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, no, I feel you. Believe <laughs> me, that is a that is not the. Fanhood you choose. That might be the one you're born into, you know, or the one you acquire because you go to that school. Yeah. Because again, if you're just a neutral and you pick Georgia Tech to root for, why?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just nothing. Maybe you just love running the football. <laughs> right. Because even if you were, you know, even if you were just like, you know what, I don't want to root for Georgia because I want to be different. I want to have a different team than like. I'd pick Auburn or somebody, like just in the vicinity.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and you know maybe it's a basketball thing, and you're I don't know, believe because Tech's basketball program isn't any any better. In fact, I think over the next five years, you're looking at prognosis of programs. Georgia basketball has a way better outlook than Tech does.
1: Oh sure, I but I did like uh, I actually I, I did like that Lethal Weapon three. Oh Ken yeah, Anderson, when you had three D, yeah, was yeah. it uh, Dennis Scott? Dennis Scott was the third, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. John Sally was, was John run. Sally a part of that, or was he, he was before? He... That. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but no, and they made that run to the final four. I have to admit, I I I liked those. Well, no, I went to a,
0: I went to a lot of uh you know when I was kind of growing up uh you know late elementary school, middle school you know when Matt Harpering was at Georgia Tech, yeah, I went I remember to a that. lot of those games, yeah, and he ended up playing for the Utah Jazz, which was the perfect fit. Yes, it was. Yeah, but no. I mean, that's the thing. There are you know people or you know family members or whatever. This rivalry just has that feel to it, and it's it's similar. It, It feels like another SEC rivalry, just in terms of the hatred on the side. It doesn't feel like it's one where because Georgia Tech fans are so they're so sort of oh we don't care about that when they don't win or anything but then when they do you don't hear the end of it sure
1: no there's in fact there's there's a house in my neighborhood that 2 years ago when they won the game i didn't i had no idea they were tech fans until they you won that game yes. and then all of a sudden it's like there there's this flag that they've got hanging outside mm-hmm. for the entire year right. and guess what it ain't out there now. Oh, it went down. Imagine yeah, that. Yeah, they're back to where you don't know. They're Tech fans. I'm sure if they were to win Saturday, we'd see it. And I think that's <laughs> that's like a difference between Georgia fans and Tech fans too. Georgia fans are proud, win or lose. Well, that and also, I think if uh, I think Tech fans, if their team went 0 and 12, they would be cool with that. If Georgia went 0 and 12, also, they would rather see Georgia oh, yeah. lose than Tech win. I would say
0: that just because then they get to rub it in because I think they feel like Georgia fans care about it more and so that it hurts worse to rub it into a Georgia fan, whereas a Tech fan
1: can just be like, hey, we don't care. Yeah. Like if Tech um, – like the week we played LSU – I, if they, I don't remember who they played, whatever. But if they had like, say, let's say they had beaten Clemson that day, they wouldn't have cared as much. They would have uh, uh, for Georgia losing to LSU. They no, I think they there. would have been way happier about Georgia losing to LSU than the fact that they beat Clemson. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing; they're still going to lose games they shouldn't. Right. And like they did to,
0: to you know USF earlier this year, or maybe you know some of these other games that they lost. But
1: the Duke beat them pretty good.
0: But that's what I'm getting at here. It might not be direct family, but friends, neighbors, whatever. If Georgia Tech beats Georgia, it's going to affect you negatively somehow.
1: Oh, majorly. Yes. So that's well, the thing. Well, with me, it's like I got to put up with Jeff for a whole year.
0: Well, of course. And that's the thing. I I love kind of having that older brother getting able to hold it over the little brother thing. So, this game is just it means so much to me personally. I just couldn't ever imagine it not being played. I mean, I was trying to go over this in my head It's been over 20 years since I've missed Georgia, Georgia Tech in the stadium, whether that be Bobby Dodd, whether that be Sanford Stadium. I mean, I have not missed this game in over two decades. So uh, just in terms of even trying to think about it, not being something I do once a year, yeah. Just, well, just that doesn't even exist. That potential doesn't even exist in my brain.
1: And e- like, even if we replaced it with, say, we're going to play some other Power Five non-conference game. I mean, would you rather just like bounce around every couple of years and play like? I mean, what are we, we going to play? North Carolina or NC State instead of Tech?
0: See, I'm much more intrigued by. Line, I've said this before, it's like I think Georgia basketball needs to play those schools, but you don't need to play them in football. No, like yeah. A North Carolina or an NC state or a Duke. Like I don't care about playing well, them in football. I mean if
1: we did if, I mean I would be okay playing them in football instead of playing someone like Middle Tennessee State oh, or something course, like that. Oh, of course, absolutely, right. But I mean not I wouldn't be in favor of doing that like just in We're not going to play Tech every year, but we'll play other opponents like, like
0: regional like, opponents. Yeah, like no, let's just
1: keep playing Tech. Oh,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Play Tech and don't schedule the Citadel. How right. about that? You know what I mean? Like I've said before. Like I and and Kirby was asked this, I think, going into the UMass game, and it makes sense. It's like Kirby's like I'm a proponent of football, so if we can help out at the lower level, you know, like a UMass, like a Louisiana Lafayette, that's fine. I think that power five teams should like like only be allowed to schedule non power five teams in terms of like non conference. They should not be allowed to schedule one double A like if if Georgia's going to play say Troy in a payday game for Troy, then Troy needs to pay it forward and play Furman in a pay game. You know what I mean? Yes. Like pass it down the ladder. But Georgia at no point should be playing Furman. No. Just like Georgia at no point should be playing any team from the FCS, at least in my opinion. I don't think Power 5 teams or teams that are trying to get to the playoff should have FCS teams on their schedule. No, I think that's it's a just
1: the 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 difference in the size of the athletes. The, right. there's the scholarship numbers too, and I mean it's almost like it's your those those guys at the smaller schools. I mean they're sort of being put, being put in harm's way. Would you agree with that though? Like like for
0: like if Georgia's going to play Troy, then Troy should have to pay it for because they're going to get a fat check for yeah. paying Georgia. Not like so not, maybe Troy could play Furman or Troy could play. Uh, you know, I know Coastal's an FBS school now, but just some of these smaller schools, like there should be a, a a a kind of level of succession to where yes, Georgia will play, you know, App State, so then App State can go play. They can go and do uh, a, you know,
1: whoever a guarantee, like or South something.
0: Carolina State or something.
1: But I hate like, and when Kirby said that last week, like I, I hate that argument too for playing those games and like because and UMass was like the, that was the wrong week to bring that up because UMass has been playing football longer than Georgia. Well, that's true. So the, it's like the, all of a sudden there's this idea that these these schools wouldn't have football programs if the fans of the bigger schools weren't helped subsidizing their program by playing those guarantee games. UMass is I, that's the four, fourth oldest FBS football program. Mm-hmm. So like. No, they've been playing football forever without Georgia having to to pay them whatever it is they paid them to come here.
0: Yeah, and whether or not they should be on the FBS level is a whole different animal. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that that's a school kind of like Idaho that should probably drop back down. Well, they used to win national titles on that other level. But I right. bet they're making more money now playing FBS. Well, that's the thing. You're making more money. And, like, for Georgia Southern, for example, like, if you win the Sun Belt, the best you can hope for is going to the New Orleans Bowl.
1: Right. But you know what Georgia Southern is now? They're on like Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Yeah. And they weren't on t- – the only time they were on TV in the playoffs. FCS was when they were in the playoffs. And that's the same with, you know, UMass came here last week and they were on TV.
0: So you can be like a team that goes, I don't know, 8-4 and four and wins the New Orleans Bowl – or you could be a team that runs the table and wins national championships. Yeah, they'd That's rather I mean.
1: be eight and four and win the new or win or just go to the New Orleans Bowl, which
0: is weird. But I, I do think, although Dave and I have had like knock down, drag out arguments about this, and we are vehemently opposed to you know in terms of just other sides of the fence. I think if you're going to schedule these types of games, why isn't Georgia playing Georgia State or Georgia Southern or Kennesaw State? And you know, Dave has come back with the well, it's not Georgia's job to. You know, help fund those programs or whatever. But in terms of local interest, I'd be way more interested if Georgia were to play Kennesaw State or Georgia Southern and being scared of those schools, like, oh, see, but that's the thing. It's going to be their Super Bowl. They might beat you. That's the same thing as being scared of Tech because they run the option. It's
1: like, Georgia should not be scared to play anyone, really. Well, here's the thing. If if Georgia's coach is using that argument of being a proponent for football, then he should be scheduling schools in his state, not yeah. UMass. If you're a proponent for football and you want the game to grow and you want it to be great or whatever, then yeah, then you should be scheduling Kennesaw State and Georgia State and you should be helping those programs in the state and yeah. not UMass. You're preaching sure to the choir here. That's yeah. how I feel. About but here's it. the thing. But though, you don't feel that. I don't buy, well, right. I just think that's a lousy argument no. for playing these games. And that's fair, but, but like you the, said, if you're going to make that argument, if the coach at Georgia is eh. going to make that argument, then yeah, we should be playing Mercer and we should be playing Georgia State and Kennesaw well, people, State, not playing Austin P. Well,
0: it's like the same. Uh, logic as people say that like Georgia Florida should be home at home because we need to keep this money in state or whatever. It's like well that's fine you're talking about you know keeping it in the state well why don't we keep the money in the state and not pay UMass six or seven figures to come down here and pay that money to Kennesaw. That by the way, Coach Dooley helped start that program. Yeah, he did.
1: So Did you call him Kansas State? <laughs> <when> he, did? <laughs> he
0: did at one point, but still, you know, this is we a good down.
1: So that's the thing. If you're
0: gonna come at me with this like and I totally agree with you, if you're gonna come at me with that logic, well then it makes no sense to play UMass. You should be playing State or Southern or you know, I, I guess Kennesaw is Kennesaw the only FCS school left? Mercer. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. Mercer. Play them. Oh, yeah, because Georgia State has moved up now, right? That's right. State is in the Sun Belt with Southern. Yeah, so, yeah, Mercer and, uh, Kennesaw. and, and Kennesaw. I, I yeah. forgot about Mercer, but, yeah, it's another one. Maybe play Mercer. Well, Bama's played them, and, yeah. and, and and I think Auburn's played them,
0: too. I just think it's nonsense to not schedule those schools because it doesn't do anything for you. It only does it's only beneficial for them. It's like, well, it's keeping it in the state, and it's, believe me. Well, yeah. If you're going to play UMass, well, what, as a Georgia fan, what game would you be more interested in, Georgia State or UMass? Georgia State, because it's a local game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see none of them, well, but I right.
0: yes, yeah, Georgia State. Yeah, no. I've, so, again, I think that, you know, we agree in a sense. You don't agree because the logic itself is flawed, to which I, I agree with that. I, I, I don't, in an ideal situation, Georgia would have Tech, you know, maybe one also ran. What do you get? Four non conference games because you play eight. So, Tech. One also ran from the non-power five, and then two
1: quality FBS opponents. Well, like the 2029 schedule shaping up to be, yes. we're going to play Clemson, Texas, and Tech that year. Well, Georgia's not going to probably play any
0: of those games other than Tech, but you know we'll see how the schedule goes. You don't
1: around. think those will stand up in ten years? I'm
0: still bitter that they canceled the Oregon one. I wanted that one. That and Ohio been State fun. got canceled, and Ohio right. State got canceled too. So. You know, those are, and I think Ohio State pulled the plug on that one when Urban Meyer got there. Yeah. But still, I mean, you should be trying to schedule better. Nick Saban talks about wanting to go to a nine-game schedule all the time, and I totally be for that.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah, because I want to
0: play those teams in the West more. Yeah. at yeah, another West team because you know Georgia hasn't been to Bryant Denny since 2007, and aren't scheduled to go back. Uh, what was until that? unknown, isn't it? I thought it was like in a couple of years.
1: But it regardless, Do we play them or yeah I guess they, we uh, we go over there in 20 I think, I think it's actually. 20 yeah So
0: but that's the thing I mean 2 years So you go from 2007
1: to 2020 without going to Bryant Denny Yeah No well, like think about this we just played at LSU and we have no idea when we'll play there again Exactly It's going to be at least 10 years right That's the thing Minimum?
0: it's it's absurd So instead of playing you know UMass or one of those teams You know, how about you add another team from the West so
1: that Georgia fans can go to their own conference teams more? No, I mean, yeah, I'm all for that. (laughs) I I remember, you know, like when it was like, no, we're going to go to a 12 game schedule, being so excited about that. Now the reality is, is just, well, they've only just added a crap game. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. last week, we I would have just been fine if we didn't even have a game. Just had a week off and got ready for uh, and got ready to play Tech.
0: On paper, last week was one of the worst weeks of college football we've ever seen. Oh, it was awful. And, I mean, I know that Ohio State and Maryland was a, a, a good game. But, I mean, outside of that, you didn't really have a whole lot to look to.
1: No. Notre Dame went a route. Uh, that Central Florida game was one-sided. The West Virginia-Oklahoma State game came down to the wire. Yeah. but And, and look,
0: with Oklahoma State beating West Virginia, if West Virginia beats Oklahoma this weekend, you can wave bye-bye to the Big Twelve playoff chances.
1: Well, yeah, in fact – oh, absolutely, because if West Virginia wins – Then none of the teams West have Virginia less te- than two losses. Yeah, and West Virginia and Texas are in the title game. Oklahoma's not even right, in it. Right,
0: they'd be out. So, yeah, I mean, so if you're a fan of chaos, you're pulling for West Virginia this
1: weekend. Now, you know what that could lead to, though? If we don't beat BAM in the SEC title game, we could play Texas in the Sugar Bowl. I'd like that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'd,
0: I'd, that'd be fine. And that's the thing. If Georgia doesn't beat Alabama – in the SEC Championship game, it feels like they're either going to end up in the Peach Bowl, a la Auburn last year, or the Sugar Bowl.
1: Here, and I'd rather go to the Sugar Bowl, but I don't want to play Oklahoma again. So if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 and you're in line to play them, I'd rather play Central Florida in the Peach Bowl.
0: Yeah, but I think the non-Power 5 team goes to the Fiesta this year. I think I read that, and that's how that whole thing works. Oh, really? Because... The Peach Bowl can't get stuck with the non power five uh, team two years. Well,
1: in the then round. I'd rather go to the Fiesta Bowl to play uh, Central Florida. Hey, I was just talking to a buddy. One of my buddies
0: just moved to Phoenix. So I was like, hey, if we play the Fiesta Bowl, I'm coming to see yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: especially, too. I'd like to just take it to them.
0: Oh, yeah. No, we'd be motivated. That's the thing. If Georgia doesn't go to the playoff, I 100% want to play UCF and shut
1: them up. Yeah. That would be. Because I. Like, Unlike, Best case scenario. Unlike Auburn last season, who was not motivated. Oh, Georgia would to play be motivated because UCF won't stop running their mouth. That yeah, and then Danny Cannell last week was like, "Oh yeah, they'd go toe to toe with Georgia." Well, and like UCF fans too, like they
0: took tried to take over game day down in Jacksonville, and uh, you know I just had a bunch of you know th- there's this one dude with a sign that said, "Last time Georgia and UCF played, it was at Liberty Bowl score or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "That's fine and all, but you know does a coach usually leave?" When you win a national championship, that doesn't usually happen. Not really. To go and start 0-6
1: or whatever they did at Nebraska. Although they've turned it around a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so there's our kind of rundown on, I feel like we just kind of hit everything college football there. Iron Bowl also coming up this weekend. Uh, So, you know, here's the thing. Because of Auburn's, you know, up and down season this year, I mean,
1: is this a a look ahead game for for Alabama? No, when they were tied 10-10 at the half with the Citadel, that fixed everything. I said season. rest in peace Auburn.
0: You've wow. got to believe by the way that Nick Saban going into that locker room had a crap-eaten grin on his face. That 10-10 scoreline with an FCS school was exactly what he wanted.
1: Oh, I'm sure he did. For everyone that's like, "Oh, you shouldn't play these games" or anyone that wants to like yeah. look past them, that just He'll be bringing that up next oh, time yeah. some reporter wants to talk about the 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 game beyond that. But all but he also probably wanted it because he wanted to lay into his team. Yeah, that's the first chance he really had all year to do mm-hmm. that. Like here, Auburn won't score. No, they, they won't score. Miss LSU and Mississippi State didn't score. Citadel ends up getting seventeen on them. But it's because they ran a fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean I Auburn scored ten points here, so they're going to score more or less than ten points against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Push. You right? You think right? At score 10? ten. I think yeah. they're going to get zero. Oh, shut yeah. up! When I mean, when it was 10-10 at the half, that's all I thought about was rest in peace, Auburn. All right, before we get out of here, we didn't leave as much time for
0: this. Uh, well, actually, we left the Falcons. We left this. We left the requisite amount of time for what this team deserves. How about that?
1: I'm going to tell you something good though that will make you feel good about the Falcons, but not for this year. For next year. Okay. You have to th- the Atlanta's now lost four games on the last play of the game, right? The Eagles yes. game. Yes. The Saints game. Mm-hmm. The Dallas game. Mm-hmm. And I guess the te- Bengals game. I guess technically there were a few seconds left in the Bengals. But game, we'll but go. Basically with that. it was yeah. so that's four games they've lost in the last play of the game. So next year. The team is healthier. You're saying those will go the other way. They've had horrible luck this season. Mm. Yeah, the Falcons will bounce back next year.
0: But here's the thing about this year and, and what they've left on the table. Uh, I knew as soon as Matt Ryan threw that touchdown to Julio Jones against the Cowboys, I was like, that's way too much, too time. much time. That's yeah. way too much time left yeah. on the clock. The Browns' loss really turned on one play, and it was that Mohamed Sanu fumble because the the Falcons kind of had the momentum. Then Sanu fumbles, and the Browns just take it right down the field and score a touchdown. It's like, well— that pretty much and then the Falcons could never recover from that. So the Falcons make very untimely mistakes. Um the defense, Vic Beasley right now, I mean, I know he had two sacks against the Cowboys, but there were a few plays where he just was out in an island. There was the one Dak Prescott touchdown run where Beasley bit so hard inside on the read option that Dak Prescott just walked into the end zone. <laughs> well,
1: and um like Bruce Irvin, right? Mm-hmm. Has he played yet? He's played some, but I feel like, they, you know, I don't know if it's a fit thing. I don't know what's going on here. I but didn't see – I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch like – I wasn't glued to the game Sunday, but I never saw him when I was watching it. The Falcons also – it just feels like at times that, that
0: when you look at the coaching matchups that they're just so overmatched. Like, it just doesn't feel like Dan Quinn – Dan Quinn has coordinator face. You know what I mean? Like, he just I, – I, I look at him – and I know he's gotten the Falcons to a Super Bowl, but he's very cliche. He's He, he just feels more like a coordinator than, than a head, head coach. coach.
1: Yeah, that's pretty bad, too, that you bring that up, because the last two coaches he's faced are Greg Williams and Jason Garrett.
0: Yeah, Jason Garrett's going to end up, because Jerry Jones wants to do whatever he can to keep Garrett, and it feels like now that, you know, especially with the Alex Smith injury, that division might be theirs.
1: Yeah, well, they're going to win a third straight game. On Thanksgiving, yeah. Now they play Washington, Washington, Washington that's right, yeah. and as of right now, when we're recording this, I believe Colt McCoy is slated to start for the uh, Skins. And you know who's backing him up, Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, yeah. baby. You want to know what? Look at the <laughs> little Turkey Day butt fumble.
0: Do You want to know everything you need to know about the NFL? Hell yes, they're colluding against Colin Kaepernick because Mark Sanchez just got a job.
1: Oh yeah, like this point, everyone knows that that's. Colin Kaepernick will never play in the NFL ever again. No, he will not. Because if Mark Sanchez and Nathan Peterman can get jobs? Yeah. No, he will not. Yeah. Just blackballed. Straight up blackballed. Yeah. I mean, like Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is starting for the
0: Niners. Although, talk about a guy getting blackballed, and we might can dive into this uh, on a future episode. I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is going to get a lot of suitors. Because here's the thing. The, the the Steelers, you know, didn't like the way he handled this and the Roonies do have a good bit of power in the NFL. Maybe they're like, you know, this guy's an idiot. He's gonna want, you know, however much money because of how much money he's going to want and because James Connor kind of came in and showed that he was surplus to requirements, kind of it's yeah. like
1: Miss Steelers are gonna win that division.
0: Yeah. No, I'd agree. So, so certainly interesting how the NFL goes down and some of these things. But again, Mark Sanchez is signed
1: to an NFL roster, and Colin Kaepernick isn't. Just think about that. And after that great Monday night game, we're going to be treated to the – Skins and Cowboys on Thanksgiving at 4.30. Oof. And was it the Lions are playing? I think the Lions Bears. Lions and Bears. And then, you know, the Saints are just going to club the Falcons.
0: See, I think you're right. But at the same time, this is a weird game. It always is. It's a rivalry game. One of the, probably
1: the most undersung rivalry in the NFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first game was great. Yeah. Unfortunately, Atlanta lost the coin toss in overtime.
0: And that's what ended up losing them the game. Yeah. They had so. won the toss.
1: They probably would have won the game.
0: You're probably right. But uh, the Falcons and Saints coming up Thanksgiving night. Uh, right before we get out of here, I think Bram and I have trashed pumpkin pie enough on this podcast in the past. It is a trash pie. What is your favorite thing about Thanksgiving?
1: I mean, it's definitely, you know, I don't eat meat, but uh, well, my favorite thing about Thanksgiving is honestly like just the sports. Yeah, of course. There's all kinds of sports, sports sure. on, but if we're talking about just food, you're a mac uh, and cheese guy. Well, yeah, but I'm pro- on Thanksgiving though. It's probably because you don't, you know, mac and cheese. You did any time of year. That's true. The but like a thing, specific Thanksgiving. One thing. thing on Thanksgiving that you really doesn't really come up at any other time of year though is obvious that you know the sweet potatoes with mm-hmm. the, burnt the, marshmallows the Yeah, the on marshmallows top of and it. like
0: the pecan crumble or yeah, whatever yeah. So I think that's my uh, that's my number one. Yeah, I'm I'm really a fan of everything, but for me. And this is a family recipe. It's a dirty rice thing we do. Oh, I could eat a whole pan of that. But uh, I'll try to save some for my friends and family. All right, that'll wrap things up on this edition of The Crossover. We are thankful that you guys out there keep us going. So make sure to hit iTunes, subscribe. We would be very thankful if you gave us a five-star review. That definitely helps us in terms of the way the... Uh, What's the word we hear around here a lot? The algorithms work and things like that. The algorithms
1: are always changing.
0: They are indeed. But the one thing they do like is five-star reviews. So help us out on iTunes with that. We greatly appreciate it. And Bram and I will be back next week with an SEC Championship Preview Edition of the crossover right here on 960theref.com. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You've been listening to The Crossover with Sam Franco and Chris Brain on 960theref.com.
1: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,